0: What is up bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the Crease Dive. Today is Friday, May 24th, and championship weekend, boys and girls. Well, it is here. It is crazy to think that this season that started back February 1st. What do we have? We had uh Utah versus Vermont to kick off the season. Here we are a few months later and it is down to four teams, three games. One weekend left of the 2019 college lacrosse season, Jake. How you feeling as this as this year is closing down to an end?
1: Uh, feeling pretty fucking dumb after my picks. Uh can't. You know, you, you gotta um, you gotta give me some zero credit. Uh, I, I went. You know, since Penn State was a given, I went zero for three on my others. So I'm you sorry. get you get
0: points for just like
1: signing your. You get points for like just signing your name on the test. So that's true. That's true. So I got you know I got like ninety five. You know what what'll be like? I got like five percent. So I got like five percent ninety five ninety five off. I got five percent on that on that exam. So dude, I'm feeling good. I think that um, you know it's 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 crazy kind of seeing Virginia back in the mix here. The cardiac calves came through. Um, you know I hate Duke. I'm not going to root for him, um, but I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, and then you got Penn state and you got Yale back, you know, like, uh, what, what more can you ask for?
0: Yeah. I like, I like the way that, um, you know, cause it, it gets, it gets annoying every once in a while when it's just the same exact teams in the final four every year. But like, this is like a nice little, like we, we head into this weekend and like, there's, there's the possibility that that we get just a a rematch of last year's national championship game. Um, But then there's also the possibility like Penn state has never been in this position before. Um, And, and then Virginia, a team who like that program has, has gone through some pretty rough downs since they, uh, when was the last time they won the national championship? It was 2011 that they did it. Um, And, and since then kind of been on, on a downswing, but now here they are back in the final four. So um, I, I think it's, I, I don't really know who else I would want to see in in this year's final four. Like, I think it's it's a nice little mix of new and old.
1: Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't particularly think of anyone, um, you know, I'd like to see. You know, I, yeah, I would have liked to see Ryder and uh, and Notre Dame in the final four, but I mean. You know, I, I think that Duke earned that one unfortunately. the The um, only thing
0: that I'll say about that and and this is more so um you know, just as as someone that that'll be at at these games all weekend, I don't know if I would be able action. to handle, yeah, not a big deal. just credentialed <laughs> member of the media. Um, but I don't know if I would be able to handle uh, uh, the Penn State fan base and the Notre Dame fan base all colliding as one. Like there are just so many of both of them here in Philly to begin with. <clears throat> um, so if, if we had both Penn state fans and Notre Dame fans here in Philly this weekend, it would just be, um, I would say like 75% of the people that are in Colts in the world would, would be in Philly. Cause I mean, both of those fan bases are Colts.
1: Uh, I'm inclined to agree. That would be pretty rough. You know, they'd have to have, uh, you'd have to turn most of Philadelphia into a police state for sure. Um, yeah, I, I mean, everybody who you know lobbied for High Point to be in the tournament. I don't think that they could have. I don't think that High Point would have been competitive with with uh, in an opening round game against one of these top teams. I just don't. Um, I like. I really liked Cuse this year. Um, I, I did. I think that they, you know, they they got a, a shitty draw in the fr- you know they they drew um, Loyola and then they were in Penn State's side of the bracket, like. What can you do? Um, but I like that team. I like they're just really and I hate it's a very barstool word, but they're extremely gritty uh, and and ready to throw down at all points of time. Um, other than that, I think these teams these teams are great. I, I'm happy to see them.
0: Yeah, I mean we do need to see Cuse back in Championship Weekend pretty soon here because it's been a few years without them. Um, I I would like to, like once once they get another kid who is like worthy of rocking double deuce. Um, like, cause I mean, if, if we see some kid come into Cuse, throw (laughs) on that, throw on that 22 and then just take shit over, like that's, that's when lacrosse college lacrosse is at its best. Um, so, you know, I I don't mind like not wasting, uh, a Syracuse less, uh, championship weekend, like on a team that's with the Syracuse team that doesn't have a, a 22 like that, but yeah, you're right. They, they gotta be there in the future. Um, but that that, that's enough about the future. Let's talk about this weekend. It all gets going tomorrow, uh, 12 PM. Actually, before we get into that, um, I should mention we have a pretty star studded lineup on today's, uh, episode. So we we reached out to some alums of all these schools. So coming on a little bit later in this episode, we will have Jordan Wolf from Duke, a little two time national champ. Uh, we'll have Steele Stanwyck, of the Royal Stanwick family coming on for Virginia. We got Greg Gerenlian, the beast coming on to talk about Penn state, making it to final four for the first time in program history. And then we have last year's to trophy winner and national champ, Ben Reeves on to talk about the Yale bulldogs. Uh, but yeah, so 12 PM on Saturday ESPN two, Duke versus Virginia, little ACC matchup here Uh, And when these two teams met in the regular season, it was Duke coming out on top with the 12-7 win. Um, Now, I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but we we talked about this plenty on the podcast. This was right after. So Duke had lost back. And on this this show, we were talking about that Donowski was probably one more at the locker room kind of sensed that Donowski was about to kill one of them. They turned that shit around. So they, you know, came out from uh losing two in a row and they put a nice little beat down on Notre Dame, followed that up with a nice little beat down over Virginia, closed it out with a win over Marquette. So like that was a point in the, the season where they were buzzing out of pure survival instinct. So um, you know, we'll, we'll see how this how do you see this one going this time around now that it's MDW.
1: Man, uh Duke has been gelling. Um, their defense is pretty strong. Uh, I, I really like, you know, I, I really like Virginia though. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, I, this weekend I'm, I'm not going to make a pick. I'm not gonna make any pick just so I can't be wrong. Like, you know, spin zone, like, no, you, gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta
0: do the, uh, like the Stephen A. Smith or like the, uh, like I, <laughs> you know, like I think Duke's going to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if Virginia ends up winning. So that
1: way okay. you, you, you you play both sides. The, I'll put, audience, I'll put, the audience doesn't need to know that. I'll put the Stephen A. Smith spin on it, though. Um, I think Duke's a good team. I think, you know, I'm a huge, I'm a huge, um, you know, my guy Joe um, with, the, with the dagger in the Notre Dame game. He's got the clutch gene. Um, I think Virginia's very run and gun. I don't think that they are as organized as Duke is. Um, Duke is very methodical in their offense, um, but Virginia's got some serious guys, some serious shooters. Um, I think this might be one of those games where it's kind of decided in the first half. Uh, you know, if if Duke gets up by five or six or three or four in the first half, I think they just kind of keep that and ride it to the end. Um, I don't know if this. You know, we've been. I mean, again, I wouldn't be surprised. If they if Virginia kept it close and uh, and put them uh, and put them in a uh, in a chokehold at the end of the game and maybe we went to overtime. So that was, that was flawless execution. <laughs> that's yeah. I look, man. I watched a lot of Stephen A. Smith, and Max you know, Max Kellerman. Uh, so you know, I, I'm gonna take Duke in this one, but I would not be surri- surprised if Virginia played them extremely close. How's yeah.
0: that? I mean, that was that was beautiful. They could that belongs in the textbook of takes. Um, now here's something. To to think about. So, you know, I I don't want to get too into advanced analytics, right? We're not nerds here. We don't watch lacrosse with the calculator. But Virginia, they've got Matt Moore, Docs Aiken, and then a freshman who's been getting some time here and there in Jeff Connor. So, all three of those guys, local Philly boys, right? So, they'll be playing on Lincoln Financial Field and they will be buzzing to be playing on that field. Meanwhile, Duke, I don't think that they have anybody from the Philly area. So that's, that could play a pretty pivotal role here, especially as we get later into the game. Right. So, you know, maybe they come out and, and, you know, Virginia might be, they might have some jitters. They're like, Oh my God, we're playing on the link. This is fucking sweet. Um, You know, but those jitters, maybe those shots aren't falling. Um, But then as we get closer to the end of the game, like that's when they're like, listen, I got, I got a whole, I got all my dudes that I grew up with up in the stands right there. Like I gotta, I gotta show out for those guys. And then that's, that's when, that's when the shooters shoot the baller's ball and the goalies turn and rake. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think if this were any other team, yeah, I think the first half would be a pretty good deciding factor. Um, but I think that Virginia is going to end up being a, a big time second half play in this one.
1: I'm inclined to agree as well. Um, I mean, I mean, Turner up and played really well and uh, against Notre Dame. Um, he had some pretty, pretty, he was standing on his head there for a bit. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. Like when you have, when you,
0: at this stage, when you have like a, a real solid goalie and then you have a couple of polls like CBR and uh, JT Giles Harris, like, like those guys, like I, I want someone to like come up and like kick me in the nuts for saying this, but like this is the time of the year where defense wins championships. Fucking cliche, the like the the cliche of all cliches, but in in a big time moment like this, where you know offenses can kind of shrivel up a little bit under the pressure, if you have guys that then make it even more difficult for the opposing offense to get their looks going, that's that's a big time game changer.
1: Yeah, I mean you saw JT Giles Harris. He, he had a couple, you know, a couple sick takeaways in in the Notre Dame game, Notre Dame game. He's got a really he plays really aggressively on ball. I think that uh Denowski kind of gives him that freedom which, you know, if Virginia hasn't seen that all it, it you know, if Virginia is not ready for that or prepared for that, that's going to really fuck with you, you know, your attack is not going to be able to to get into a groove and I think that would be my strategy is I'm not going to let them get into a groove. I'm going to be pressing out. I'm going to give them the full court press to start and see how they handle it. You know, cause you know, Ian Laviano is a, is a young guy. Um, uh, I mean, you've got your, you've got your, so like Virginia is, has got their, like, uh, their, the core of their, um, you know, their leadership and things like that is definitely in, I would say in the midfield. So, you know, if if your attack can't get anything going and everything goes to your midfield and if you know, your midfield stifled too. like, you know, there's, you're going to try to, you know, kind of cut them off at the at the uh, I don't know how to describe it. Cut them off at the fucking throat, basically, and just let them bleed out. Um, that, I mean, that would be a pretty ruthless strategy. But Dano is, is is Dano. So, yeah, well,
0: speaking of the coaches, this is a this will be a pretty big time game for Lars, Tiffany, though, because uh, so, you know, we we turn the calendars back to 2016 Lars Tiffany Memorial Day weekend in Philadelphia with Brown and they go down 15-14 in overtime in that game so um you know this is this is one for uh Lars Tiffany to kind of uh what, what is what is the phrase I'm looking at? like slay the demons or some shit like that um so you know a an, niche you know, if if you're listening to this right now, Niche Quint Paul, um, you know, just just make sure that that's that's a big time storyline heading into this game about uh, you know Lars Tiffany getting over the hump in Philly. You can you can just replay that uh, that semifinal game against Maryland in 2016 and and see if he uh, you know comes out on top on this one. Nice little everyone loves a story like that. I mean, Dano, he's already been at the
1: top. Let's 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 get a little LT going. Yeah, you got to give the, the the. I mean, the young guns get get the love too, right? You know, they get they got to. And uh, and we and we, you know that that Quint and Paul and Anish are all listening to this podcast. You know, where else would they get all of their scoops? Yeah. So you know, I mean, we you don't even have to ask them if they're listening. You know that they are. So I mean, ESPN is basically just rewriting everything that you're putting out. So
0: it's very facts only. Spot the lie, you can't. Um but yeah so i i guess you know i'm i'm going to go i'm going to go virginia in this one you know it it's been a pretty pretty wild season so let's oh uh so let let's let's just keep it keep it riding with with the cavs cardiac
1: cavs how uh, do you think it's going to be a close one or do you think virginia you know beats them pretty handedly
0: i think this is going to be a pretty close one i mean they're conference rivals you you know these teams know each other they they know each team's gonna go on a little run here and there i don't think anyone's gonna like be blown away by the other team like some shit that they've never seen before so this one this one will be pretty close um and then I, i mean i i think i think the weather's supposed to be pretty nice on saturday hopefully it's nice and warm get those balls nice and ready to go so we could have a pretty high scoring game
1: yeah, you know, we're big weather people on this podcast, so, you know, that's going to have to do with a lot It'd do a lot. Um we also want to hope that the officiating crew uh, you know, went to the eye doctor this week and got their contacts, you know, fitted correctly and if they need glasses, you know, wearing those corrective lenses because there's no way that the lacrosse community can put up with another round of bullshit like last weekend. Um uh, yeah. with, with pipegate. We just we can't do that again. We can't.
0: It's it, I I hope that they're bringing. I I probably should know this by now, but I I hope that they're bringing replay to the
1: Final Four. To so I you mean know, they they have stuff like 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 that. They, they, tennis uses a, a I think it's called like the Hawkeye system, and you know it's like a three D modeling type deal, and they can tell you whether where the ball was out from fucking you know that
0: always I, blows I, my I, mind when I, that an eighth when, of
1: an inch when when yeah. that
0: when that like. Animation pops up like immediate, oh, yeah. immediately after like a surf. I'm like, how the fuck did that just happen? Like,
1: it's a it's a bunch of it has to do with a bunch of cameras and some 3D modeling software. Not to get too fucking nerdy on anybody. Sorry, it's we talk real shit on here, not books and reading and shit like that. So, uh, but yeah, that would be sweet. I would love to have that at the final four, just in case.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. All right. Well. Th- so I I know that you picked both, but what? So you
1: went duke but you could see virginia yeah i got duke but virginia also
0: okay which is a very different take from virginia but duke also extremely yeah um all right and i'm i'm riding with the Cavs. uh with that let's uh let's switch up gears a little bit yeah the journalist lingo right there um and we will kick it over to our interviews with a couple of alums from these four schools so Uh, Let's start it off right now with Duke's Jordan Wolf. All right. And with us right now, we've got a uh, two-time national champ. Not a big deal. We've got Jordan Wolf from the Duke University on the line. So, uh, Jordan, what's what's going on, man? Uh, Obviously, big things coming up this weekend with Duke in the Final Four, but uh you know you're just wrapping up this this previous weekend you were down at img for a pll training camp so uh how, how was the first weekend running with the chrome
3: yeah it was good firstly thanks for having me um it was a good week of training camp definitely hard uh, as a 27 year old running two a days but um you know it was really hot out but it, it was great it's good to see everyone to you know, start building some chemistry with some new guys in your team and also seeing guys they've played with over the last you know four or five years so it was a good long week i think we Got better and um, a little tired right now. But, you know, like you said, big final four weekend. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it.
0: Have, have you gotten a, a, like a chance to play like Beer League lacrosse yet at all in your
3: life? Like, or no, I'm, but I'm currently uh, in grad school. So I'm on the Beer League hockey team.
0: Uh, oh, you know, I saw, didn't you guys, did you guys win your uh...
3: North Carolina? I was still two goals in the last 30 seconds to lose. Wow. Hey, that's why they
0: say two goal lead, worst lead Heart- in hockey.
3: Heartbreak. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> One day I'll get more into the beer league sports, but hopefully have a little bit longer with this lacrosse thing. Um, and obviously, it's with the PLL; it's a almost a fresh start, so I'm excited. Very fortunate I can still do this.
4: Yeah,
0: and then uh, I mean, you get to play with a couple other Duke legends there with the Chrome. So probably your your first time playing with Gutterding, right?
3: Yeah, he was supposed to be my freshman when I was a senior, um, but he PGD a year, so I never got to play with him. So it was cool playing with him just because. I mean, obviously, he's so talented, and but, you know, obviously, we're coach the same way, so same call, same types of t- plays you can run out and, and seem like we could get chemistry going pretty quickly. And then, obviously, when Matt and Ned get here after this weekend, um, it'll be pretty cool.
0: Awesome. Um, well, yeah, so obviously, a uh, lot, lot of Duke guys on on the Chrome, so uh, the, heading into this weekend, how's everyone feeling? Um, you know, Duke back in the Final Four. You guys had, like, a, a few years off um but but other than those like three years i guess right after you left you, you guys have pretty much been making a living at championship weekend um so you know how, how's everyone feeling heading into this weekend watching the boys
3: i think everyone's feeling pretty confident i mean it's definitely a different type of duke team that we've seen in the past i think even during my years um and we had a very good defense but we outscored everyone and that was kind of our mantra um going in is trying to get to 20 plus goals every game um and this year they're kind of built on these two defensive studs and Got a lot of guys plugged around them defensively and then offensively, it seems like, you know, it's hard to focus on one or two people because they're pretty deep on the midfield and uh, a lot of people can make plays. So I think we're feeling pretty good. Um, With the Duke coaching staff, I'm always confident. They're just unbelievable. And that's really the secret sauce for these final four runs is just how good they are at making this team and and getting them ready to play their best in May. Um, So I think as from speaking on on behalf of the alumni, I feel like we're, we're feeling pretty good
0: yeah i mean Duke. you guys had kind of like a like i I feel like you guys are always good for like a loss or two here and there in february so you guys had that this year against high point but like high point was buzzing down like anyone that they came across in february um it looked like duke was getting like going way earlier than you guys like usually do like it like usually, there are people like in March be like, oh, like this is the year the Duke's falling off, and then all of a sudden, yeah. Memorial Day weekend rolls around, there you guys are. Um, so you got like a little bit of a slip up there in like the middle of the season, like losing to Syracuse. Pretty sure that was the game that was like played at a high school, um, and then turning right around and losing in North Carolina. But then after that, I mean, this is just again like what what everyone just expects out of Duke. It's like you 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 can like not pay attention to them all year long and turn on ESPN on Memorial day weekend. And you're going to see them playing.
3: Yeah. I think especially with losses too. Um, like I said, the coaches are so good at looking at what they have and what's available to them from a player standpoint and, and maximizing that to get the best out of everyone for their team. And every team's a little different, but I think, especially after the losses, how much they, you know, analyze what went wrong what or right and making decisions to for the best of their team. You know, I think that, you know, they were going to play the way, you know, we play when I was, you know, going through the the rank at Duke Um, might not be as successful, but they found a way with the players they have, with their recruiting and their philosophies to, to get it done. And like I said, it's goes to the secret sauce and um, just putting the players in the right position to be successful come May.
0: Yeah. Uh, You kind of just mentioned like, so a little bit of a different Duke team than people I guess are are used to seeing like, you know, I, I feel like you're watching Duke and like, there, there's always that like one dude offensively who's just going to take over. So whether, you know, that was Danowski or Crotty, um, like you while you were there, Miles Jones, uh, you know, Gutterding. So I – Duke doesn't necessarily like have like that guy right now. Like they have a bunch of guys who can fill the back of the net, a bunch of guys who can do a lot of like different things really well. Um, You know, guys who can come up big like Joe Robertson and in overtime, but like, there's not that like one guy who people are like, yeah, like that's, that's the weapon right there. Um, But if you had to put any, any wagers down on who will be that guy for Duke this weekend, who do you think that would be?
3: Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be Brad Smith. Um, you know, he's a senior. I, I've, I'm in grad school right now, I've done Duke um, for business school. So I'm around the team uh, probably more than I should be. Um, so I just, just get to talk to him. He's really mature. He, he, he wants this very badly. He's got a really unique skill Um, You know, he came into the season as the first coming off the first All American year and was a little banged up early on, which was, you know, tough for his season, but I think he's coming around getting healthier. And I think the guys really respond well to him. So if, if I'm, you know, the last minute of the game, tie game, I'm definitely getting him the ball and letting him make something happen.
0: Yeah. Um, um, when, when do you graduate in grad school?
3: So I just finished my first year. Uh, it was, it was, you know, pretty tough going back to school. Um, luckily I'm in beautiful Durham, um, which makes everything better. So I'll be interning in Philly this summer. So I'll be there all for, um, for June, July, and then finishing my last year next year at Fuqua.
0: Okay. All right. So, uh, well, I mean, obviously you'd be coming up to Philly to, to watch Duke play on Saturday at least. Uh, but then Sunday, you got another game as Friday well. The Super Bowl. Sunday is the Super Bowl because in the D3 national championship, we've got the Amherst Mammoth going up against the Cabrini Cavs and leading the Mammoth. We've got Evan Wolf. Dude, your best wolf. Your brother has put up out outrageous numbers this year 73 goals 42 assists i i hope that's accurate that's what at least lax.com says right now um 115 points on the year he's for for evan wolf leading the mammoth to play against cabrini uh at at the link on on sunday so um you know for for anyone who doesn't know so uh you know jordan and i we grew up around each other philly suburbs um you know our high schools played in in the same in the same league uh so you know and, and a lot of guys from that league they end up going to cabrini so like do yeah. you have any personal ties with cabrini i don't know if Lower marion kids go there though at all i
3: don't know if low marion kids put the cross anymore to be honest but uh yeah. definitely a lot of central league guys hopefully they get super nervous because they're playing at the link that's my hope um but yeah it, it is crazy when i saw this cabrini i said this is like the it's just like a full circle type thing because, you know, obviously where we come from, a lot of central league players, a lot of really good players uh, go to Cabrini and uh, you have great careers. I remember like Joey Sankey's older brother went there for a while. Um, So it should be interesting, but I mean, I'm bleeding Amherst purple these days. So I I hope they win so bad.
0: Yeah. uh, You've been talking with your brother at all this, this past. I mean, you, you have success. Yeah, at at the link, you know, you know what it's like to to win a championship on that on that field. So,
3: yeah, I'll, I'll uh, give him some pointers. He was asking what the field was like, but honestly, I, I'm nuts, uh, especially on the field as like a person. You know, extremely competitive, and I was always, you know, just just kind of a, a, a nut job when it came to competing and playing. And my little brother is as cool as can be. He's like doesn't get rattled. He just sees another game. I mean, I call him. Four or five times a day, just to be make sure he's alright. He's stretching. He's feeling good. And he's like, "Stop calling me. I'm fine. Everything's fine." Like, you know, he doesn't worry much. Um, but yeah, he's having a hell of a year. He's he's a little different player than me. He's he's much more complete than I ever was. You yeah. know, he scores on ball, off ball. He's got both hands. He, he does a lot of different things that I don't do. Um, so he's he's the best wolf, I think. So well, I'll tell you
0: what he he has the chance to be the first wolf to win a national championship on the home of the uh, Super Bowl-winning Philadelphia really? Eagles. So you know yeah. you got you got yours, but before that Super Bowl, so I mean this one would probably mean a, a little bit more to to yeah. the wolf fam, like you know just being on the field, um, home of the Super Bowl champs. Like that's that that just adds another level um, to that, that cool. to that eventual ring.
3: Yeah, I remember when, especially my junior year, I was going in like, oh my God, in front of Philly, like, I have such Philly pride, as you know, I love the Eagles, and I love that I'm from Philly, and it was like, such a big rah-rah thing for me, I think for Evan, he's like, nah, whatever, hopefully we win, you know, get a national championship, that's what he's focused on, but, um, yeah, cool for him to win on, first time on the Super Bowl champion field, that's that's pretty awesome.
0: All right, well, uh, yeah, I mean, it- Couple guys who I've coached on Cabrini, so I I might have to lean toward that way, but I I think it's win win. I'm I'm yeah, fine. I'm fine will. with the I'm fine with the mammoth as well. Yeah, um, especially it's a good crowd. Yeah, I uh, well I feel like with with a local team like Cabrini being in there, there's there's definitely going to be a decent amount of people in there and then especially with like Penn State being in the final four too like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty packed down there all weekend long so um should be a great weekend and uh hey man we'll we'll have to run into you on the field
3: yeah I'll come find you I'll be especially the Amherst day I'll be there nice and early uh, getting the Amherst parents ready to go. So uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Um,
0: yeah. I mean, m- maybe, uh, maybe take a little lap on the field after, uh, after that final buzzer.
3: If Evan wins. I'm jumping on there. So. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, man. Well, Hey, uh, appreciate you coming on. We'll see you this weekend and Hey, best of luck to the Chrome this summer. And uh, you know, hopefully, so if, if young Evan Wolf can, can bring a championship to to the Wolf family in Philly this year, maybe the Chrome can do it as well uh september 21st for the pll championship in philly so uh yeah let, let, let's hope you, you that family has uh plenty of luck in the hometown this
3: year i hope so appreciate you having me and we gotta get you to a chrome game get you some gear get you on the bandwagon
0: absolutely all right buddy we'll talk to you and now we will kick it over to steel stanwick to hype up the cardiac calves All right, and with us right now we have a former Torton Trophy winner, not a big deal. Also a former national champ. We've got Steele Stanwick from the University of Virginia. So Steele, thanks for coming on. And uh, what have thanks you been for, up to? having
2: me on. Looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. What? Uh, so, so what are you? What are you up to these days right now?
2: Uh, you know, I, uh, I have been. Uh, I still play professionally. I, I, I coach. I, I coach on the women's side. I coach at Johns Hopkins. Um, so between our season just wrapped up and then just kind of gearing up for uh, for the MLL season, uh, I'm playing with the Chesapeake Bayhawks. So uh, busy, but uh, but busy is good.
0: Yeah. Um, so on the Bayhawks, you got. Uh, so obviously, Virginia playing against Duke here in the final four. Uh, you, you got a guy, C.J. Costabile on your team, right, with the Bayhawks. So uh, any any wagers going on there for this yeah. game on Saturday?
2: Uh, we haven't talked about it yet. I'm sure we will come to to something in the next day or two uh, on the on the team group. Me, I'm sure we'll have some little uh, some little side bet going on. But uh, yeah, it's 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 great to see the who's back in the uh, in in the final four.
0: Yeah. So this is uh, first trip back since 2011 when you got capped off your your career there with the uh, national championship. So how uh, you know just how how are the alumni feeling about Virginia getting back into championship weekend?
2: Yeah, I, I think everyone's just really excited. Uh, the the team has a great buzz around it. Um, I think as an alum, that just you know, it's it's just great to see UVA kind of back um, w- w- where we were. And uh, so I think everyone's really excited and, and really proud of the of the current team.
0: Yeah, I mean, there there were a few years there where things just weren't quite going Virginia's way. They had a little little tough stretch there in the ACC. So like I always think like it, it's great to see some like new blood in championship weekends, like a team like Penn state being in there is like pretty cool just for like generating some like new buzz. Um, but I, I always love college lacrosse when like those teams that are supposed to just be powerhouses end up being powerhouses. Um, so it, it feels, it feels right. Having Virginia back yeah. there.
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean uh, like, I, like you said, I mean, there, there definitely was a little bit of a lull there and, and, you know, with the coaching change and it took a while to kind of get, uh large versus uh uh you know system or whatever you want to call it uh, in there but it seems like the guys are, are really you know i mean they're like the cardiac cardiac cavaliers but it's really been fun to watch them play you know they play really hard which i think is probably the the, the best the best quality about them is just kind of how hard they play
0: yeah uh, but i mean but they also have some absolute fucking weapons offensively um i mean though that starting six Uh, all those guys can just fill the back of the net. Um, you know, and, and a guy who like, I I feel like it's pretty common to like, look back on like whoever's wearing like your Jersey now. So like, you know, anyone who's like played a a sport, like they look back like, all right, like who's, who's rocking my number. Um, so a guy like Docs Aiken, like how, how do you feel about, you know, that kid keeping, keeping the six going at Virginia? Um, again, just one of those guys on this offense who just pumps the back of the net and fills it with rubber.
2: Yeah, I mean he he's awesome. He he's just a total stud and um it it's been great to kinda of see him uh uh you know, do so well there and uh certainly uh I'm proud that that he's wearing number six. Um he's just is a total freak show. Can shoot with both hands on the run, um and uh just finds a way. I mean he just is he's just a stud. I, I feel like uh he gets um his mechanics of shooting, he shoots the ball just so hard and and, and really accurately. And so it's great to kind of see him, uh, you know, playing really well. I mean, I, you know, obviously he's surrounded by a lot of good players, but uh, he gets the pull every game and he just seems to, uh, to always produce. And so it's great to see, uh, to see him uh, uh, doing great there.
0: Yeah. He, uh, I think it actually like just came out right now. So he just got that first team all American and still has a whole nother year to go. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I think, a lot already
2: broke, I think he's, he's already the all-time leading, uh, scorer in, uh, like for midfielders, which is insane considering how many good middies have gone through there.
0: Yeah. I mean like a team, like, like they're just, they're so like, I'm looking at the roster right now. Just so many of these guys are coming back next year. Um, like obviously losing Ryan Conrad's going to be a, a little tough since he, I feel like Ryan Conrad's been at, virginia since like you were there like i've I've just i've been hearing that name <laughs> right, for, for years yeah, um but like other than that and like mikey like so many of these guys are coming back and like you know and then there's just all these freshmen just like waiting in the pipeline to get in so i think that this is a nice little start for a for a good run of virginia years coming up
2: yeah, I think they I think Krauss is somewhat gets underrated too. I think he's such a good player. Michael Kraus, and, and then the kid Matt Moore is really coming coming along. And so I it's uh I think the future is really bright for those guys.
0: Yeah. Um pretty sure it was do Michael Kraus. he had one of like the, the most like nonchalant behind the back goals I've ever seen last year against uh North Carolina. So it's you know, I, I think Lars has him running a, a good system, but I also think a lot of these guys are just absolute filth and yeah, and just kind of do it
2: they are really talented i mean regardless of any system you play they are they are a uh when you line their roster up they are they are really freaking good so it, it'll be uh it's, it's it's good they get a rematch kind of with duke here i think uh, that's one of the boxes they kind of need to check off i don't think this group's beaten duke so um so i think they've got some good motivation and i think they lost them earlier in the year but i don't think they had kraus when they played them
0: yeah so it was a uh got, got it right here it's a 12-7 win for duke i mean duke was coming off of a couple losses though and i feel like uh you know once once danowski has a couple losses i feel like he probably starts starts drilling it into the boys a little bit so i think sure. virginia, virginia just got a little little work there by the uh by by the scheduling but yeah so no no kraus on the score sheet at all but matt moore already had uh some a decent amount of success against Duke with four and one. So I feel like, you know, and he's a Philly boy too. So he'll be playing in front of a hometown crowd. So he'll be ripping it up.
2: Yes. Yeah. It, it, it should be a good game. I mean, um, I think, uh, I think in the last time Duke and UVA played in the final four was probably in 2010 when we played, when I played him as a, uh, in 2010 and that was a, a, a crazy game. So it should be a great rematch. Um, uh, in the uh on saturday
0: yeah um real quick, just to change gears just a little bit um so this has been a, a weird year in college lacrosse and for one reason because it, so this is the first year in god knows how long that there hasn't been a stanwick <laughs> playing college lacrosse right so uh... are, are what are they, seven eight
2: yeah, there's, there's eight of us. There's eight of us. Um, I think, I think you, I think it was you, you wrote a nice article about us, I think last year, uh, at, right after the season or, or right before. Uh, but yeah, there was something like 20 years of, of, a uh, Stanwyck playing, uh, division one. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy, uh, to, to think this is the first year in, in a long time without, uh, one of my siblings playing.
0: Yeah. Uh, your parents though, they, they probably didn't mind not having to travel every, every weekend this. Yeah. This yeah. Spring. They're,
2: yeah. They're finally living like a normal life and, and get to a couple of Saturdays to themselves in the spring. And, um, they were lucky cause we, we live really close to Johns Hopkins. So, uh, or grew up really close to Johns Hopkins. So they, they lucked out the last like eight, eight years with Wells and Shaq, um, uh, playing down at Johns Hopkins. They, they could actually pretty much walk to the games, but, uh, but yeah, you're, you're right. It's, it's been, uh, Uh, it was a great run. And and I think my, my parents, honestly, I think they were more relieved uh, more more than anything now that it's kind of everybody's through college and, uh, and they kind of did their job. So it it was, it was a great run, but um, it's still fun just to be a fan of the game and, and, uh, and watch it. I I can be more of a fan and not be so emotionally invested now, which is good.
0: Yeah. Is, is there another generation on the way yet? Are there any Um, little ones running around?
2: Yeah. My sisters have, have uh, so I've got three older sisters and, between them there's like um uh shoot, like 11 or 12 nephews already um so th- there is a future generation but th- th- they're still probably 7 8 years away from being in college so um so they they're, they're taking their, their their time
0: okay yeah I, I guess with with the new ncaa recruiting rules where you can't you know back to the old ways where you can uh can't can't commit until your junior junior <laughs> right, you
2: got your junior year now yeah
0: but so i mean i i guess it's cuz if if that rule if, if it was going the way that it kept going where these kids in eighth grade were committing, I I feel like we'd probably have eleven commits from the Stanwick family already right now.
2: Yeah. Maybe, maybe. I'm I'm glad the rule went I'm glad the rule went that way. It definitely slows things down, which is good, I think, for everybody.
0: Yeah. Um, you gonna have a chance to make it up to Philly at all for the final four, or are you uh, just gonna be watching ESPN two?
2: Uh, I'm still trying to figure it out. I so saw I have training camp this weekend with the Bayhawks. Um So I I think my plan as of now is if they win, I'm going to head up on Monday, I think is the plan. Um, I got a couple of buddies that still live in Philly. um, So I think that's kind of my plan. I I might go up Saturday, but um, we'll we'll, we'll see. It's kind of a um, – it'll be a last-minute game plan call. Uh, But, yeah, looking forward to it. Our group me's and uh, group text have been really firing off. I mean, all year, really, we follow those guys closely. And, you know, we're always texting throughout the game, you know critiquing and, and saying we should do this or that, but uh, overall everybody's got great support and I think everyone's really fired up for Saturday for the guys.
0: Yeah. Um, so last thing here, let, let's say the cardiac calves keep their, uh, you know, kind of keep that, that motto going for, you know, this this last weekend of the season. Um, so the game comes down to the wire. Who, who do you got the ball in their stick? Who's, who's going to be delivering the dagger for the who's.
2: Uh, i think i I think the ball goes to Kraus. I think they'll put it in Krause's stick honestly um and uh and do something with uh kind of clear off for Kraus and, and see what he can do and then if not nothing's there maybe just play some offense I mean you, you already hit the nail on the head I think they're they're really they're really um they're really dangerous uh I mean Conrad is having a great year and and you know they could pick on a couple of shorts but I think at the end of the day they'll they'll probably let num- number two go to work.
0: Yeah, I mean, all six of those guys are drawing slides, getting them going. So it's, uh, I mean, they're an yeah. exciting team to watch. So I wouldn't mind watching them play two more games.
2: Yes, yes, it'd be, it'd be. I, I'm very excited to see what what happens Saturday, and then if they get to. I think the key for them is just to take it. You can't even think about Monday. You just got to play that game on Saturday and then just, just figure out what happens next, I think. Um, and I'm sure the coaches are doing a great job of explaining that. But, uh, yeah, it's just an exciting time to be a, a Cavalier fan. I mean, coming off the the basketball and now lacrosse to the final four, I mean, the who's on fire.
0: Who's are buzzing. All right, well, hey, appreciate you coming on here and uh, hopefully catch you in Philly this weekend. And if not, best of luck with the, uh, with the Hawks this summer.
2: Sounds good. Thanks, Troy. Appreciate it.
0: Coming up next, we've got Greg the Beast Garenlian talking about one of the nastiest offenses college lacrosse has ever seen with the Penn State Nittany Lions. All right. And with us right now, we have from the Penn State University, Greg Garenlian, the Beast. Uh, Greg. How's it feeling coming into this weekend? Nittany Lions in the final four for the first time in program history. So uh, you got to be buzzing right now.
5: Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited. I'm excited for all those kids. I'm excited for, you know, all the alumni. Um, You know, we got the first tournament victory in uh, NCAA history for, you know, for our school, and then we did it again. And now it's like, okay, we belong here. So let's just enjoy this, Uh, you know, from what I heard the link is going to be absolutely packed with Penn State fans. So this will be a pretty cool experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are already a ridiculous amount of Penn State fans in the Philly area to begin with. Then you combine that with the fact that Penn State's always going to travel well. Um, then you also have Chris Hogan shelling out, and his wife Ashley shelling out 100 tickets to uh, to some students there. So mm-hmm. that I have a feeling that the link is going to be – 75, 80% people wearing white for Penn State this weekend.
5: Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad bad guess. Um, I will say this. If you're NCAA and you're running this event, you're probably pretty pumped that Penn State's there. Uh, I think it creates a a new buzz. And obviously, with the largest alumni base in the country, any sporting event that has Penn State at it, uh, is going to get a higher than average uh, attendance. So, pretty
0: cool. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's definitely putting a ton of money in NCAA's pocket. So, um, you know, which good, good. Thing, bad thing. They love yeah. that. So, uh, but so Penn State, they'll be taking on the only team to hand them a loss so far this season. Um, but th- I mean, that was back in, in February. So, like, that might as well have been years ago at this point. Um, so a few months have passed since that 14, 13 loss. Did you get a chance to watch that one? Because, uh, so your guy, TD Erlin put on a nice little clinic in that game.
5: Yeah. Um, you know, I was there for the game for most of it. And, uh, you know, what TD, TD is a gamer. There's a lot of guys that shy away, uh, in big games. TD seems to have his greatest moments when he's amped up for a big game. Um, especially as a face-off guy for some people that moment gets to them they can fall, start uh, they lose a couple and maybe their coach yanks them Um, but TD always shows up in big games and he'll show up again this time Uh, I think Gerard learned a lot from the last um, from the last battle I think uh, he's made some important technical changes and I think the Penn State staff learned a lot about the you know the the way they're going to go at this but you know I think TD is the is the best college face off guy head and shoulders. Um he keeps proving it until proven otherwise. I give Gallagher a lot of credit last week at Penn. Obviously, he went toe to toe with him again. Um but you know, I think TD has a lot of confidence and Yale has a lot of confidence, so we'll see.
0: Have uh have you had a chance to reach out to Arsari at all? Uh, just game or is or is he just going to be game planning in, in in his own head and you just figure, "Hey, we'll we'll let the kid ride this one out."
5: Yeah, you know, I mean i would i i try my best to not bother guys in the college season um they got their own coaching staff they have their own teammates they have classes and they have their own lives so as a guy who's coached a lot of these guys i I try not to bother them in season unless they reach out to me um but you know i I like talking to coach hogan who handles the face-off unit um on a regular basis and you know game planning with him and kind of you know helping him with film and stuff he does a phenomenal job with that with that group and uh I think, you know, what he's done with Jake Glatz, how he's helped our Sari continue to improve, um, you know, throughout the years. So, yeah, I I try not to, unless Gerard reached out to me for for X's and O's, I try to let him do his thing, and I just congratulate him after a job well done.
0: Okay. Um, Now, you're you're a face-off specialist, but let's real quick just talk about the offense real quick because we can't talk about Penn State without talking about the offense. I want to know how many face-offs do you think – you would have won in your college career if you got to play with this Penn State offense who just racks up goals on goals on goals. Like you would be out at the faceoff X like 50 times a day.
5: Yeah. Um, I mean, when I was in college, if I was going against the guys I was going against in college, I, I would have probably ended up taking a million face-offs for sure. Uh, it would have been pretty awesome. If I were as good as I was when I got into college and I was going against guys like Gerard and, and TD, I, I would never have seen the field. <laughs> the style, face baseoffs have gotten so good. But this offense is so fun to watch. And I think, you know, I give, you know, when people talk about Grant Amant and whether he should be a tournament winner, I basically say, okay, the difference between Penn State last year who didn't make the tournament and the, and this team that's number one in the country is Grant Amant's healthy. So don't tell me this kid doesn't deserve at least a serious look at the tour because he, the whole thing revolves around his ability. Now, when he was hurt, other guys filled in. And I think they got a lot of valuable experience. That's, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing guys that are all confident and it's like a well-oiled machine, man. Uh, it doesn't matter where they put who and they just fire the ball around And Tambroni. Obviously it's, it's like watching his Cornell team with Sebald and Glenn, um, I mean, the, the ball's just flying around the entire time. They have all the pieces that they need, and they're none of them. And none of them are seniors, man. Like that is that is insane.
0: Yeah, that is like that's the thing that I I, I well want like with the Towerton conversation. Like I'm always like ah, you know what? Like like Pat's been there like three times as a finalist. He's he's done now, and like Grant has another chance to end up with another hundred assist season next year. But like. I mean, but the fact that this—I mean—he could have 100 assists by the end of Saturday, and then I, if is, if 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 things go the way that they should,
5: yeah, that's that number. I don't think people understand that is insane, and he's missed—he's missed basically like almost two games, right? So, yeah, and he has, and he could hit 100 assists, like, and that's you know just the torn thing. Like, I don't think that's a career thing. I don't think you should get the Torton because you had a great career. I think you should get the Torton because it's like the Heisman. You, who's the best player that year? And yes, I know everybody loves when Spencer. Spencer is a phenomenal talent, and everyone loves, especially on the ESPN broadcast uh, when he <laughs> shoots a behind-the-back goal. Um, but dude, a hundred assists in a year—that's and- that's preposterous.
0: And my favorite thing is that his assists usually always end up like his assists per game. Usually always end up matching Mac O'Keefe's goals per game. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, he's, so
5: he's, I think that's this generation's Dino and Greer.
0: Yeah. I mean it like, and that's like people, I don't know. I, I guess even like, like heading into this year, like I feel like people just figure Mac O'Keefe. He's a, he's a finisher. So like, you know, cause he's got, you know, like five goals a game, zero assists. So people see that and they're like, oh yeah, he's just finishing the ball, but he's not like a, like Gaudette from Yale, an incredible finisher, but like, he's usually finishing from within like a couple yards. Like O'Keefe, if you lose track of him anywhere within like 15, like turn and rake, go take another face off.
5: Dude. I've never seen anything like it. Like I've never seen anything like he catches the ball. And the sideline starts cheering. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like back, bat flipping walk off homers guaranteed every time. And I've never seen anything like that. Like, and, and I was actually watching it with Joey Sankey uh, this past weekend. And, um, you know, he was, he made a good point. He's like, you know, everyone always says you have to shoot overhand because you can change planes. He's like, but no one ever talks about shooting underhand like this. And Mac O'Keefe changes his planes just like an overhand shooter, except it's coming from underneath. And yeah, he can put it anywhere he wants.
0: Yeah, well like that that's what we saw last week against Loyola is, you know, he catches it anywhere within 15 and it's either going low to high or he like his low to low too, like cuz he'll get you low to high and like you're seeing it load up and goalies are thinking, oh this kid's about to stick a top corner on me. They go to jump up all of a sudden it's down at their feet and they're like, well I I just got got by one of the biggest assassins in college lacrosse right now.
5: I mean, you see the best goalies on earth are flat out guessing all the time.
0: Yeah. Crazy. And and then and then I meant too. I mean, people they they think that they figure out how to play against them. Um, you know, they say, "Hey, let, let's make this kid score against us instead of just picking us apart for nine assists a game." Then he takes him to the rack, dunks it, and uh, you know, see you later. So, I mean, yeah. the the offense is ridiculous and like the only way that a team can beat Penn State, like I always is you got to win faceoffs, and like after every faceoff, like you need to score pretty much every possession just to try to keep pace with, yeah, with that. And that's outfit. the
5: other thing is, um, you know, with a ment a never looks like he's trying to force the issue. Like he has these assists because he made, he's like the perfect attackman for Tambroni, right? He's within the system. He catches the ball. He makes his move right away. And then he takes what the defense gives him. He doesn't try to force it. He doesn't try to pump points. And like go through a double team. He just, if it's not an assist, he'll just pass the next pass, and that's what I love about him. That, um, but when you look at the defense, I don't think they get enough credit because yeah, you know they they'll give up goals once in a while in a shootout. But you try playing defense, it's like trying like Oregon's defense. Remember, like, with Chip Kelly was there, their their score... We don't we don't
0: players. say we don't say that name Chip Kelly on this podcast, but
5: okay, <laughs> Chip Kelly. Okay, um, but like Oregon scores touchdowns in three in three plays and they're right back on defense. And that's almost like what the Penn state defense has to deal with. If you're getting, you're getting that many face-offs, that many uh, shots on goal for your offense, you're going to face the defense a lot. Um, and I think they do a phenomenal job with the amount of time that they have to play defense.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. And it's, it's going to be tough this week. Uh, like, cause that, that Yale offense, they also get it clicking as well. Um, so, I mean, as an offensive minded guy myself, I'm always a fan of more goals. I thought that like the the Penn Yale game was one of the best games that I've watched in quite some time just because like not only was it a ton of goals, but it was just like back and forth the whole time. So um, you know, I think that this game on Saturday has a chance to be good old fashioned classic. Um do you think that so you think that the the loss against Yale like is that something that um, you know, is is just like like are are they replaying like the end of that game in the locker room every day or do you think that they're just focused on like do, do you think that that's in the back of their mind or are they just like, let's get the win no matter who we're playing right here?
5: Um, I, like, I mean, like I, if
0: if you were if you were like the the motivational tactician guy, like would you be replaying that game all the time being like, hey, like these guys stole one from you or is it just hey, let's go out there and win even based
5: on I mean, I used to sneak over and listen to uh, when we played uh, 2014, played Team USA. Um, I would used to sneak over to listen to Tambo's speeches to the offense. And there's definitely a um, there's definitely a component of rah rah, but Tambo is so analytical. Like, yeah, he might want to get his his boys fired up, but I think they are spending 99 percent of their time focusing on the task at hand. Um, and that's how I've always like, I love the rah-rah stuff too, but like that's, that's for energy. And if you, these guys don't need energy right now, I think what they need is, you know, they're looking at the X's and O's. So I think they spent plenty of time on film going, this is what they did to us last time. And then I think now they're spending even more time going, okay, but this isn't the same team. This is the team we're playing. And they looked at the Penn game. So, you know, just like Yale, they can't sit back and go, okay, well, this is when we played Penn State last time. And then we'll just do the same thing. Obviously, They're going to look at Penn state as they progressed. Um, and you know, it's like the historic, like Duke's playing this weekend again, right? How many people after four weeks into the season said, no way Duke's going to make it again this year. They do it every year and every year Danowski improves his team throughout the season and they end up going. So, um, you know, same exact thing that you got to look at who you're playing now, not at who you played a couple months ago.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm right there. Actually, I just saw, uh, lax vegas lines on twitter they just put out the uh the lines here the over under for this game 32 and a half goals so um right. i think that's great for the sport and that's also great for the faceoff specialists because they'll be uh they'll be getting plenty of shine on on espn2 there
5: yeah yeah i mean and, and you know hopefully uh maybe i'll have to grab a microphone or something uh Based on what we've seen so far in the tournament, there's no one talking about the faceoffs on air. That makes sense. Um, so hopefully, you know, so, you know, we'll have to try to figure out something. Yeah. I know Tommy Kelly and I were talking about maybe trying to figure out a way to talk about face-offs so that these guys get their due um, because there's going to be a lot of them, and it's going to come down to that. It's going to be talked about a lot, um, but I would love for the people at home to know what the hell's going on out there uh, rather than, you know, Quint talking about acoustics. <laughs> um in the stadium i almost fell over when i heard that
0: uh, all right well uh, hey anish get uh get greg on the mics and and we'll get that that broadcast bumping uh two final final two things here before i let you go because i know you're probably busy getting geared up for this game so uh first off uh sunday also a pretty big day for the for the beast family uh yeah. so you're 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 Younger brother Mike, a uh, alum of Cabrini, so Cabrini will be playing in the D3 championship on Sunday. So, uh, how you feeling about the Cavs in that one going up against Amherst?
5: Man, it's going to be a good game. Um, I'm really, I'm really excited for Cabrini. Obviously, being a Delco guy, uh, Cabrini is is kind of Delco you. Um, so many guys that you have played against or played with or, or from your uh, from your own high school that are playing for that squad. So, uh, I know Mike's ecstatic. And uh, that would be just – that's going to be pretty awesome for Philly. If, if Cabrini could pull that off um, and Penn State makes their way to the championship game, that would be one heck of a weekend at the mm-hmm. link. So, um, you know, both Cabrini, uh, they have some up-and-coming talent um, transfers that ended up really making an impact at the face-off for them. Uh, Amherst has a hell of a face-off guy as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's going to be awesome. I think I think these games, everything that we're seeing is going to be high-scoring and it's going to be a lot of fun.
0: All right. And then uh final thing here. So you uh, you just wrapped up your first uh, training camp with the Redwoods for yeah. the PLL season. So, uh, you know, how, how was that weekend and how are you feeling uh, heading into June one?
5: I'll tell you what, um, for anybody who was concerned about what the PL is doing, <laughs> no one's concerned anymore. Uh, that that weekend was the most professional experience I've had as a professional lacrosse player. Um, everything was thought of inside out and backwards. We're talking, uh, we went in there, everybody had their schedules laid out. Everybody had their medical situations taken care of. Um, we had our, our equipment distributed. We met our coaches. We met, you know, we had a great full league meeting. Then everyone broke off on their own schedules. We had team practices, uh, we had, you know, rules. The, the, the committee was great about using this weekend to really solidify the rules that are going to be announced, um, to make sure they work for everybody. We had the, um, you know, we had a nutrition, uh, you know, superfood came in. They're going to be giving us meals every weekend. Um, so they're going to be giving, you know, they gave us a whole, I mean, it was, it was like watching a master's class in 30 minutes, broke, broken down what we're going to be doing with our nutrition for the summer. Um, we had a, a meeting for social media, um, how to help each player, you know, build their brands and what we're going to be doing moving forward with that. Uh, we had, um, you know, One Love come in, talk about, you know, domestic abuse and and, and warning signs and all that stuff like things that people should be listening to as professional athletes in real, in real leagues. Uh, And it was very insightful. It was great. It was a lot of camaraderie. And I feel like I've known this team now for a really long time and we only had one weekend together. So everyone's excited. And and Jordy, I'm talking like, like, you know, guys will get, get their equipment bags and they're like, Oh, it's not as big as I thought it would be. And they're like, Oh, well after every game, we're going to have your laundry, your uniform, your helmet, and your sticks cleaned and shipped to your next locker room. So literally you have to bring an overnight bag everywhere. Like everything is thought of. Um, so it's very exciting. Everyone's really amped up and we are fully prepared for this. The the, the rules when they're announced are going to be pretty exciting. Uh, and we played with these rules and it's fast paced, man.
0: All right. Well, hey, that's... Uh... That, that that's a hell of a, a hype up speech for the PLL. So, uh, we got a great weekend of lacrosse coming up here at Lincoln financial field for the championship weekend. And then we get to follow that up with another great weekend for the first week of the PLL season. So, uh, Hey, ha- have, have yourself a go in both of these weekends here.
5: Thanks a lot, man. Anybody who wants to find me this weekend, I'll be at the final four uh, tailgates walking around on social. Um, and then Sunday, 12 to 2 PM is our, uh, annual foa championship draw day kids from all over the country come and train with us at penn park so go to the website check it out thanks jordy i'm really looking forward to this weekend man.
0: thanks for coming on take care all right see you bud all right and then unfortunately due to some scheduling conflicts we weren't able to uh get ben reeves on in time to make this episode but i'm sure he would have said something about handsome dan and the fact that the boys have already been in this position before so they're ready for it so um you know that's all the yale preview that you need so let's just get on back to the rest of the episode all right. Thanks again to all four of those guys for coming on. Um, you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, based on all of those interviews, I it, it's it's going to be tough to, uh, you know, three of those guys are going to have their hearts broken by the end of this weekend. And, and you just really hate to see that. Um, but listen, we're not millennial cucks around here. We don't give out participation trophies. So if your team loses, fuck off, get over it. Um, so there's still another game, though, for us to break down give you everything that you need to know about it and this game is going on 2:30ish p.m. on ESPN2 depending on uh you know if Duke and Virginia want to get their game over in time but we've got the Penn State Nittany Lions taking on the only team that has been able to beat them so far this year. We've got Penn State versus Yale in semifinal game number 2 of the day. So, uh, yeah, I mean, by now, everyone probably remembers the game. It was back February 23rd. So, at this point, that's ages ago. Like, February might as well have been a completely different year. Uh, But it was February 23rd in New Haven, Connecticut, and Yale. They were able to hold on to that 14-13 win over Penn State. Uh, But since then, Penn State has just gunned down everybody that they've come across um, I mean, it's been a super solid year for Yale as well. So I mean, the only, uh, you know, only other losses on their schedule, you know, losing to Penn a couple times and then to uh, Villanova. So and that was to start off the year, trying to do the same thing. We said this earlier in the year. You know, we said Yale is going to lose to Villanova to open up the season in overtime on purpose because it's exactly what they did last year and that season ended with the national championship so will the overtime loss to Villanova to start off the season will history repeat itself
1: well to uh to grow to, to quote a great twitter proverb it's hard to say um you know I, i'm personally i'm more excited for this game um penn state God, so you're walking into the stadium, right? These are the only, when you're looking over on the other side of the field. You see all the, the, you know, they're coming out of their their side of the stadium. It's like those are the fuckers that beat us. That those are that they were one goal away from a perfect season, right? You know, one one goal away from a perfect regular season, and those are the fuckers that did it. So I'm sure that every one of those guys on Penn State has got the has has got you know a particular guy they want to lay a lick on. Um, you know they've they've got a uh, they've got a bad taste in their mouth. Um, and I think that's a scary combination, you know, uh, who has more to lose here, uh, Penn state or Yale, uh, Yale's a defending champs. So, you know, I think Yale has a lot more to to lose here. Um, you know, I, I take Penn state's offense over Yale's defense for sure. I think Yale's defense got, uh, got exposed a little bit in the, in the, in the Penn game and, and, and they've been exposed by Penn before, um, as we've seen, um, Dude, they so they gave up 18 goals to Penn in the quarterfinal, yeah. and
0: in the first round, they gave up 16 to Georgetown. Now, granted, I mean, Daniel Baccaro decided yeah. to go full, full blown sicko mode to like you know, yeah, he So, I mean, 16 goals, but like that's also like Baccaro. If you take if you take away the Baccaro scale, it's more like 13. Um, but I mean, th- those are two.
1: Beccaro- Makaro was cooking folks. So like, you know, that's not like, you know, it's not like O'Keefe or a uh, Ament is not able to do the same thing or Jack Kelly or like four or five different guys can do the same thing. So I mean, we're we're, we're potentially looking at at another 18, 19 goal game. Um, you know, my my uh my intangibles here, uh if we're you know doing that. Fucking NFL game day, like, you know, what what we're looking at. My intangibles here are gonna be the face offs because last time that we saw T D absolutely just spanked Gerard Arsari all over the field. So what what did we say? Twenty-five for thirty-one? That's an ass kicking.
0: Yeah. And and uh our Sarah, I think he won like
1: four and then the other kid won two. So yeah. it was so that I mean that's gonna be that's gonna be huge. Penn State's defense going is gonna have to show up because it's not like Yale's offense is is there to play around. You know they they absolutely can ball. They got a couple greasy Canadians um, who can move the ball. You know they put on a clinic for Penn in a, in, in terms of ball movement. Um, I, I don't know, man. What do you? I, I oh, let me do my Stephen Stephen A. Smith tank take oh, here. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna take Penn State. However. I would not be surprised if Yale played them extremely close into the fourth quarter.
0: Look at that. You're you're going to go 100% this this week That's in right. your picks. I can't yeah. lose,
1: man. <laughs> um yeah, I mean I I love what you
0: like the, the fact that Yale won the regular season matchup, um, you know, especially like I, I keep saying this, like I'm, I'm convinced that if that game in the regular season was like 30 seconds longer, Penn state would have tied it up and then it would have gone to overtime. Um, so like, I, I feel like Penn state has to like, they've had to been pretty butthurt about that this entire year so far. Um, so that's going to be definitely some extra fuel. Um, now, we, we've we've said this before like if you want to beat Penn State, you need to do two things. you need to win the face offs which they've they've got with TD Erlin um, and then your offense just needs to be able to keep pace with Penn State's. like um you know like the there's that there's that saying, you know there's guys players across the nation where you know there's that saying you can't stop them, you can only hope to contain them well, like Penn state has like six dudes that you, that you can say that about. Um, so like you, you have to try to contain their entire offense while your offense also, uh, you know, keeps pace with them. Um, now I will say one thing. So obviously like Yale has the offense that's able to do that. Um, you know, it, it's, it'll be a little bit tough for, you know, a kid like maybe Matt Brandall in a, you know, in a big time um, spot here as a freshman. But like, I mean, these kids are, 18 19 years old as freshmen like they're, they're not little kids they're not gonna be too terrified at the big stage um and then the rest of these guys have all been there before so in terms of what you need to do in order to beat penn state like i think that yale has that um you know and then i also think like you look back to last year's semifinal game yale versus albany it was kind of a similar situation where so Albany was the team that was made it to the final 4 for the first time in program history um an electrifying offense but Connor Fields was playing on dual torn ACLs so the it's such a freak I know what a fucking and and <laughs> then and then have have you seen them at PLL training camp this oh, week Oh yeah just with that with
1: that behind the back fake uh he's something special dude like he's one of the mo- he's one of the, like the 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 fu- he's like he's one of like the goofiest players to watch and it's so it's it's fun dude he was playing you know, he on two, t-
0: two torn ACLs last year like at yeah. this point and then he's already out there playing right now without a brace and just clowning on guys at PLL training camp um Connor Fields, you are a fucking animal. Um, But yeah, but like what I'm saying though is so Yale has like the same matchup here this year where they're going up against a team that's never been in the Final Four before and they've got an electrifying offense. The only thing is that they are as healthy as like you could be at this point in the year. Like obviously everyone's playing probably a little banged up. Um, You know, Grant and Matt had a little bit of a scare earlier in the season, but I mean, you, you look at what they've done. To Loyola and UMBC, um, they're operating at 100 right now. So that that'll be the difference between last year's semifinal game for uh, Yale and this year's is they're not playing against Connor Fields on two torn ACLs. So that that's why I think that that defense is going to be in for a
1: long ass day. Yeah, that's going to be a big one. Um, you're right. You know, they 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 are kind of in the same. The same situation, you know, stacked up against Albany. Albany was missing a couple key elements, though. Um, Albany was missing. Um, I mean, Albany's transition transition game was crazy, but they, you know, they they had some guys who were m- what I would describe as more kind of freestylers than actually team player than team players. Um, you know, so as far as like an organized offense, Penn State is, you know, they 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 kind of put on a clinic. Um, and they take advantage of every little weakness. Uh, I mean, they're going to be going hard at Chris Fake, um, like, absolutely going hard at Chris Fake. I guess Chris Fake would probably be matched up against Mac O'Keefe.
0: No, um, well, I mean, they had him on. So, or, or, or well, I mean,
1: it, it, well, it, because, because they had him, a, they had him a good, on Graniment
0: in yeah. the regular season. And then that, that final goal of the game where Penn State made it 14 13, granment sent, Chris fake to the emergency room to get some ankle replacements.
1: Yeah. uh, So, so that becomes, so that becomes a big thing. It's like, okay, so who are you going to put, who who is Chris fake? You know, who are you going to dedicate Chris fakes energy to? Are you going to dedicate him to the guy that's putting up, nine? put, just put up nine goals in an NCAA tournament game. Are you going to put him up against the guy with, who's dishing out, you know, eight goals in the NCAA tournament game. So like, that's, it's a lose, lose. Um, You know, I, I don't, I don't know. Because I feel like if you if you st- if you stack your best guy on on Mac O'Keefe, like it's not really gonna matter a whole lot. Uh I don't know, man. Yeah. Because I, you got that, other guys who can score.
0: That's that's the the biggest issue here is that this offense is just so fucking loaded that there's nothing you can do about it. You're going to have an a terrifyingly long day. Um, you know, and I think like, i I just think that it's it's gonna be really hard like I think that Yale has has the ability to keep pace for like three quarters like i I think that that's like it's gonna be a really tight game where people are like oh man like this sucks like Penn State seasons probably probably done today but then Penn they're just so deep and they just keep going like they could have scored so many more goals this tournament so far but they just took the foot off the gas because they're like, "Yo, like we only have so many goals to work with here in the tournament. We don't want to waste them all in the first two games. We gotta save them all for championship weekend." Um, now, some more uh, in, intangibles here. Uh, it, this is pretty much a home game for Penn State, so that crowd on Saturday at two thirty ish is going to be. I mean that that stadium's going to be. 75% Penn state fans um, and, and they'll be doing their, their whiteout thing going on. So, um, you know, so it's going to be a pretty, pretty tough environment for Yale. Um, also, Chris Hogan used to play lacrosse. Not sure if you guys know about this or not, um, but he actually used to play lacrosse at Penn state, little, little breaking news there. Uh, but Pence, Chris Hogan uh, and his wife, Ashley donated 100 tickets to, the Penn state students to go to this game. So um, listen, like, like Joe Psy is, is probably the richest Yale lacrosse alum. Joe of Alibaba owns the San Diego seals part owner of the Brooklyn nets, also an investor in the PLL. I don't see Joe out there buying tickets for kids. So um, in, in terms of uh, philanthropy, Chris Hogan and, and the Nittany lions got this one going.
1: I mean, it almost—it also makes you think. Like, is Joe anti-kids? You know, he has. We haven't really ruled that out yet. So.
0: Yeah, and it's like it's like all these kids, like they're going to this Ivy League school. Like, obviously, they're going to have all these, uh, you know, these student loans to pay back. They can't be frivolous and purchasing tickets to a a college lacrosse game. But Chris Hogan, he's like, hey, don't worry, guys, I got you on this one. Joe is like, might as well be
1: Sally May. Uh, he's, he's basically just, he'll, he'll buy you the team, but he just won't buy you the tickets. You know, you really, you really hate to see that that's selfish and you hate to see it.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, like all the good juju that like uh handsome Dan would be bringing to the squad mm. kind of counteracted by Chris Hogan and his wife's philanthropy, it's just people helping people, guys being dudes.
1: You know, we, we really did. We, uh, we, we got to back up a second, man. We haven't really talked about handsome Dan's impact on this game
0: um well here's the thing so handsome dan english bulldog um so for those of you who don't know i'm also an english bulldog parent now i got i want to try to arrange a meet and greet between my girl Maisie and handsome dan but i want to know if there's going to be a little bit of beef there because like right now Maisie probably thinks like she's the dopest english bulldog in philly and then here comes handsome dan coming in like a shit don't stink I've I've smelled English bulldog shit before. It does in fact confirm stink. Um, so if if they're we'll see if they're beefing. Like if they're beefing, I I don't know who comes out on top on that one.
1: It'll, it'll be like the groundhog, you know, like if the groundhog sees a shadow or not, you know, that kind that kind of thing. You know, either either if they if they get along, then you know Yale's got a good chance, and if they don't, well, I don't know. Yale's Yale's gonna be messed up that day.
0: Yeah, like you know how they do the fucking um, like the, they'll have like an octopus pick a game. Yes, maybe that's what we'll have to do with with Maisie and handsome Dan. So if if they're tight, if they become boys, then Yale, welcome back to the national championship game. Um, But if there's some beef going on right there, Penn State putting up another 20 spot and advancing to Memorial Day.
1: That's really the only scientific way to do it. So good luck. Yeah, so uh, sorry,
0: ESPN2, but no one's going to watch the game anymore. They're just going to watch my dog meet Handsome Dan, and that will determine everything. Uh, but yeah, so those uh, realistically, though, my pick is going to be Penn State. I just don't think that you can stop that offense. Um, I forget, did you go Penn State, but maybe Yale?
1: Uh, yes, I, I went Penn State. However... Would not be surprised if Yale played them extremely close into the third quarter, even into the fourth quarter.
0: All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind a couple more overtime games on Saturday. I think uh, definitely got a little bit addicted to overtime games the, this past weekend. So, um, you know, I need yeah, so I'm going to at least need to like wean myself off. So, like, maybe if one of these games go to overtime, I can't just go cold turkey.
1: Agreed. Wouldn't um, be
0: safe. All right. uh, Before we wrap this thing up, though, we still we got to give a a little bit of love to D2 and D3. Um, So, you know, we're not going to talk too much about it. But uh, so the D2 game, we've got Merrimack versus Limestone. That'll be 1 p.m. on Sunday. Um, I mean, I, I watched Merrimack put a fucking dick kicking on whoever it was. They played in the D2 National Championship last year. So that's just ingrained into my brain that merrimack is fucking filthy so i'm i'm going merrimack in that one do, do you have uh any
1: any feelings either way uh i don't um i did go to a limestone defensive camp like in high school like so i'm gonna okay. so, so limestone but you wouldn't be surprised if merrimack all right li- limestone but you know merrimack's gonna you a know, strong team and i wouldn't be surprised if, if merrimack came out on top and then uh,
0: and then as you heard us talking about in the interview with Jordan Wolf so we got Jordan Wolf's younger brother Evan Wolf and the Amherst mammoth taking on uh local Philly school the Cabrini Cavaliers coming in after knocking off the Salisbury seagulls so Cabrini Amherst um now it, it's gonna be like coming off of a win against Salisbury that that's like a, a you know, and the game before that to get them to Salisbury was an overtime win. So that's a lot of emotional um, drainage coming out of those two wins for Cabrini. So it, it it will be a little bit tough for them on Sunday to kind of get that going again, but they're a local school. um, Got, got some, got some real gritty Philly Delco boys on that squad. So I got to go with Cabrini. Um, Jake, where where are you at on this? I, you know,
1: you're, I've never ever been. I don't think I've ever been in support of the Delco Greasers up there. Um, I had I had plenty of run-ins with them playing, you know, uh, in my my travel team days. They always ask me, "What? Hey, if you're from Georgia, why don't you have a fucking accent?" Uh, it's because we're not all in- inbred fucks. Um, we got in plenty of fights about that shit. So, um, yeah, I you know I'll take Gabrini. I think their stories cool. Um, you know, knocking off Salisbury. You know, D three. You know, at the beginning of the year, everybody's looking at you know the same four or five teams, right? And uh, I think that D three is going through the same thing. And of course, correct me if I'm wrong. You're the D three extraordinary here, um, but I think they're going through the same thing in terms of parity um, as the Division one programs are. You know, you're not seeing the same teams in the finals every year. Um, I mean, Salisbury's got you know stupid amount of rings, and they got knocked off. Um, I mean, I heard a lot of talk about Wesleyan, um, you know, being a being a big squad. Uh, and you know here you are with uh with Amherst and uh and Cabrini I'm going to take Cabrini um be, you know actually I'm going to take Amherst however I like Cabrini's story and I think that you know I would not be surprised if they pulled this one out All right so Saturday and
0: Sunday Jake you were going uh 4 for 4 on those picks it feels good, it I, feels just, good. I, I just I just I just want to be the first to congratulate you on that one
1: Thank you I really appreciate it
0: uh but yeah so there is uh so the the first two legs a championship weekend so uh you know we'll be back with a preview a uh, little little recap of the D1 semifinals as well as a preview for the D1 national championship game but that's everything that you need to know for Saturday and Sunday you should watch the games because they're going to be incredible games but just know that you you don't have to watch the games because we just told you exactly how all of them will go but you should still if if, if you're in the Philly area, or if you're close enough to get here, get here. Um, it, it'll be a, a great weekend here um, down at the Philly Sports Complex. Just a an, an A1 location to tailgate to get in one. Um, everyone's going to be buzzing. Uh, but if if you're not, listen. Like, tell your friends, hey, I'll, I'll get to the beach a little bit later in the day. I've got some prime time lacrosse to watch on ESPN2. So uh, make sure you're checking out those games. Uh, if you do come to Philly to Lincoln Financial Field this weekend uh I'll be out and about so uh you know I'll be in, in the parking lot doing a little doing a little tailgating getting getting in one before uh duty calls again as a credentialed member of the media not a big deal or anything like that it's just going to be me and Quint just Rubbing elbows musion um but yeah so or you I, might
1: you might actually you might actually rub his rub the, like the top of his head with your elbow
0: no um I'm, yeah <laughs> we're, we're both we're both equally short folk so uh look you don't have to tell people that you can just lie nobody's gonna know I, I don't know I feel like, oh, I feel yes. like oh, is that more
1: bl- morally reprehensible
0: no I just feel like even my voice is like oh, that guy's under six foot <laughs> uh but yeah hey. It's going to be a great weekend and it will be a better weekend if you just crush a shit ton of bang energies to get yourselves ready for it. So let's have ourselves one. And as always, we are keeping it low to high to the day we die. We out.